Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. This is a a little bit of a personal reflective episode to share with you some stuff that's going on behind the scenes in my business and to give you the opportunity to reflect on your own business and see if the same thing is happening for you. So last week, I had a busy week. Now, I don't like coming in here and saying, hey, I'm busy. I'm always busy. It's not the way that I like to work. I don't like that being my default word. How are you? I'm busy, but it's where I am at the moment. So I'm being as authentic as possible and I'm owning it. So last week was busy. My little three-year-old was sick. I had a few last-minute client calls drop into my diary. I had some beautiful new opportunities for business and some proposals that needed to go out. And the reality was that I was sitting there on Thursday, looking at my week and realizing that the very long list of things that I'd set out to do that week simply couldn't all get done. And when I sat there and looked at it, I thought, this isn't a one-off. I've had this feeling of not being able to get everything done a few times now. And I sort of sat there and I pondered, am I actually setting myself up? Have I set my business up? Have I set my expectations up so that It only really works out. I only get all the things done when I have a great week as opposed to a normal week. Because let's face it, my little three-year-old, he goes to daycare, he's going to be sick. And whilst I don't want that to be the norm, no thank you, I do have to expect it a little bit, particularly, you know, in the winter months, which we're in here in Australia. So Thursday, Friday, and over the weekend, I've been pondering, have I designed a business with space or have I designed a business that is only working in a great week, that only leaves me feeling really satisfied in a beautifully amazing, perfect week, as opposed to an average normal week, which is the life of a mum with little kids. Now, I call this working with space. I call this operating in a spacious way, planning your business and planning your team to operate in a spacious way. And it's something that I talk to a lot of my clients about. And it's something that right now I'm needing to pause and review in my own business. And I'm jumping on here to record this episode for lots of reasons in a less prepared and less structured way as normal, because, you know, I just simply didn't have the time to prepare this podcast recording to the extent that I normally would, but also just to kind of come to you in this little bit of a raw, authentic way and share with you, you know, the reality of what I'm facing in my business. And I'm pretty sure that quite a few of you out there will be facing the same thing. So I want to ask you, are you operating in a spacious way? Are the things that you've set up for yourself in your business conducive to space, conducive to anything going wrong? Or actually, are you setting out every week to only achieve your goals and only feel satisfied if it's a perfect week? 
Peter Serres over at The Professional Babe, if you follow her, if you don't, she's fantastic. You should go and follow her. But she talks about building a bad day business. And it's one of the things that that's that's her, her phrase that she's coined. It's one of the things that she talks to her clients about. And she also shares a lot on social media. When she's got busy things happening in her life, she talks about the automations, the systems and the things that have been set up in her business. So her business still runs and in fact runs well on a bad day. And I love that analogy. For me, the way I talk to my clients about it is getting people to think about planning to 80% and having like 20% of space for mistakes, for sickness, for things. Whereas the reality is for most of my clients that I work with and most of my friends, to be honest, who most of my business friends, because we're high-performing individuals with big goals, what I see happening is that actually business and goals and workforce and team, it's all planned to more like 110%. The reality of life and business is that stuff is going to go wrong. People are going to get sick. Things aren't going to go to plan. Your internet's going to break. Like all of the things, you know, are going to happen at some stage. And if when that happens, if someone on your team is sick, if your internet goes down, et cetera, et cetera, if when that happens for you and your business, it feels like a total disaster, then if you look at the next couple of years, the trajectory of your business, then you're going to be in for a bit of a difficult ride because it's not if stuff goes wrong, it's when stuff goes wrong. Your team will get sick. People's children will get sick. People will be unable to do all the things that they need to do. And it's almost like we need to look at that as a likely norm as opposed to a disaster that's looming. It reminds me of when we had the yoga studio, which was a one of my businesses that I had. I had it between 2015 and 2020. And we had a team of about, say, 12 yoga teachers working with us at any stage. And every now and then we would have people, we would have teachers who were unable to come in and teach a class for whatever reason. So they're unable to come in and do their shift. Now it might be because they were sick. It might be sometimes because they were caught in traffic. It might be because they were just unable to physically get there. Lots of reasons. And whilst, of course, we didn't want that to happen very often, We had to shift from that feeling like a big disaster in the business to it being something that the business could cope with. Now, initially, I'll be honest, when the business was new, someone being unable to come in and teach their class felt massive. It did feel like a big panic reaction would happen in the business between myself and the studio manager, and we'd have to work out who's going to go and teach, and we'd have to hustle to get through it. So absolutely, at first, it felt massive. But what we quickly realized, and what my job as the leader was to implement and realize was that, okay, we can't overreact here when this happens. And in fact, it's up to the business to have a process in place for how we handle people being unable to do their shift. Now, you may have heard me talk on this podcast and in general about systems holding up your business as opposed to the people holding up your business. And this is what I mean by that. So a person holding up your business is relying on a person turning up and doing the thing. A system holding up your business is having a process or something in place that means the business can continue regardless of if a single person is able to turn up and do their shift, so to speak. So 
at the yoga studio, what we had to do was shift from being reactive and panicked if somebody was unable to come in and teach a class to being able to have empathy for them for whatever they were going through in that moment and have a system in place to know that the business was going to be okay while they went through that situation that they were facing. So, for example, I had a teacher who, you know, literally was on the highway and I think she got a flat tire and she was stuck, et cetera, et cetera. Now, she was really, really stressed. So, because we eventually got a process and a system in place that allowed us to be able to have what we called a covers list, which was people who were available to do last minute covers, who lived near the studio, who we knew what classes, what times of the week they were likely to be available to race in at the last moment. So we had to create a covers list to be able to support people not being able to do their classes. Now, of course, we also set up a process and a preference whereby we wanted people to give us as much notice as possible if they couldn't come and teach a class, you know, if they were going on holidays, we wanted time in advance. You know, if they were sick, we needed to know, you know, a certain number of hours in advance. And obviously trying to find another teacher at the last minute, say up to the last couple of hours before a class was far from ideal. So of course we had a process in place to minimize that but we also had a process in place to deal with that if it happened. What then happened was if we got stuck, if we found ourselves in a situation where we were truly panicking because we had nobody to teach a class, then what we're able to do is look at two things. What's wrong with our process? What's wrong with our covers list? That meant that we had nobody who was able to step in and do the class. And also, is there a pattern forming from the person who's constantly needing covers. So, you know, is there a reliability issue that's coming to light here and or do we just have a problem with the system that we have in place to be able to support the business if someone's unable to turn up? I want to also make clear that it is about monitoring and observing are the people in the role showing up and performing as we want them to be. And in our case, it was somebody who was reliable, who, you know, turned up to sort of 90 to 95% of their classes and only occasionally needed a cover unless it was a holiday or planned in advance, et cetera, because one of the values that we held in that business was consistency of teachers delivering classes and consistency was an offer that we had for students. So yes, it's observing and monitoring that the person is showing up and doing what we need them to do, but also equally holding the responsibility as the leader for the system or the process that we had in place to make sure the business could continue regardless of something happening or happening with a person who is functioning in a role. So I want to jump in here and invite you to look at your business and to consider, are you operating with space? If you look at your next launch, for example, or the next peak time that's upcoming in your business, is the way you've currently planned and scheduled, the way that's going to operate, the way you currently have it mapped out, if somebody was sick, what's the reality of that? What will happen then? Would that be an absolute disaster? In which case, I encourage you to look at, review and fix that problem now as opposed to sitting there with your fingers crossed, you know, worrying about it happening then. And one of my clients went through exactly this recently. You know, she was going into launch and she was looking at it going, if anybody's unable to turn up, if anybody's, you know, sick here, this doesn't feel good to me. And so what we actually did was hire in some extra sort of overflow support to be around so that no balls would get dropped. And in fact, there was space 
within the team, within the resources for extra things to be completed or done if that desire arose through the launch. So lots of big established service-based businesses actually only plan their workforce to 70 to 80%. So lots of the big consulting firms, et cetera. And that is because they know that planning for 100% is impossible and it in fact sets everybody up for failure. But my experience shows that smaller businesses or newer businesses are still learning that lesson. And to be honest, I think that that's the lesson that I'm learning right now in my business with the amount of time I have, with the commitments I have, et cetera, et cetera, and with the goals and the new things that I want to bring to you, the new products, the new services, the new offerings. So I'm setting my goals to 110% capacity when I actually need to review them and go, how can I achieve those goals, but it be okay if I'm at 80% capacity? So I encourage you to take a moment to pause and reflect with me. Look at your goals for the business and ask if they are perfect week goals or if they are normal week goals and consider what changes you could make so that you get more flexibility if that's what you desire. So the things that I've been reflecting on at the moment and the questions I'm asking myself are, am I operating in a way that has no room for error? Is my structure that I have set up for a normal week, because as you know, I've got my CEO days and my client days, et cetera. So is that conducive to a normal week or only an amazing week? And how can I set myself up so that none of the big important balls get dropped even in a bad week, which actually is probably a normal week during winter when I have a little three-year-old who goes to daycare? And I guess also to share with you, because I'm sure it's going to hit home with quite a few of you, if your modus of operandi like me is to have high expectations for yourself and potentially not too much empathy for yourself when things go wrong, then it's also looking at that and thinking, well, how can I set more reasonable goals for myself while still feeling really satisfied and getting that buzz or that hit when I've done something that's beyond what I thought was possible? So I also want to share that, you know, last week when things were busy and Bo was sick, et cetera, and, you know, the irony is not lost on me that I'm sitting here and it's a Tuesday and I'm recording the podcast, which I was going to record or meant to record last week, and Bo's home again from daycare again this week. So, you know, this is a lesson that the universe is sending to me to learn is that I need to have empathy for the situation and empathy for myself and challenge myself to go, how can I achieve these big goals and get those massive hits of satisfaction without being so hard on myself and setting the expectations so high? And what is important to me? So my number one value is flexibility, the ability to be flexible for my family, for how I show up, and for being able to work a little bit in flow. And the reality is I get to look at, well, is that the way my business is currently operating? And is that the way I've currently set it up? Now, my 2020 business 100% was set up like that, but with the growth I've experienced in my 2023 business, you know, with 50% more revenue coming in, it's probably not, the current structure probably isn't conducive to the flexibility that I desire. So I get to work on that and I get to evolve that and I want to encourage you to ask yourself the same question. So this is a shorter, less prepared, more off-the-cuff kind of episode today And I hope it lands and I hope it prompts you to ask yourself these important questions as well. Are you operating with space in your business? How much space are you factoring into your goals? And what changes do you need to make so it feels better to you every week and not just on an amazing week? 
So come on over to my socials and follow along. I'm over on Instagram. That's the place I hang out the most at Paula Maidens Consulting. I'll continue to share this as it evolves in my business and you'll get to see some cute photos of my little family along the way. And in the meantime, I wish you all a spacious, beautiful week in your business and in your life. And I want you to know that you've got this and we've got this. See you here next week. 